welcome to episode 159. Sorry, you're in my seat, a weekly podcast that unites best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies that the world, the universe, whatever has to offer. I'm your host, Aaron, and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy, James. I am James. And he's a bastard. Because you picked this week. No, I didn't pick this, mate. The universe, the people demanded it. It's the summer, mate. I hate you. No, no, no one's going to the cinema. We need to look back to a time, you know, of heroes, mate, when normal people stood up, be they afflicted with special abilities, gifts. It's time for them to stand up in unison and to fight evil, mate. It's time to go back. It's time to take the very best, but they were busy. (laughs) So it's time to take the rest. Of course, we're doing not the Avengers. (laughs) Not the Avengers. The, the the gateway movies that gave us the Avengers. Yes, that, to, to that, show you to show you what they did wrong. Yeah, yeah. The, the Marvel films that Marvel doesn't want you to remember <laughs> because they didn't make a lot of money from them or any money or fans <laughs> or or anything. Really. Oh, they, they destroyed comic book runs, mate. They destroyed careers. But you yeah. know that's why we love them. <laughs> it's been an adventure this week, James. I'm not going to lie. Each week we take on a different movie topic or theme on the quest to find the greatest. Last week we did Fear Street, we did The Purge, we did Boss Level. Yeah, we did Boss Level, the, the, the surprise. The surprise Mel Gibson, Frank Grillo movie. Before that we've done, um, God, James, what have we done? Well, recently we did a play by, by Super Mario Brothers, which you as an audience have loved. Yeah, thanks for everyone who's downloaded that episode. It, like I say, we do directors, we do a specific actor, we take on different ideas. On paper, this sounded like a great idea. Like, so throwing it straight out of there... We know the Avengers now is this lineup of beloved superheroes with A-list actors, big budgets, cool storylines, good screenplays, believable characters, somehow believable characters, which is always the thing, isn't it? It's like your man's dressed up in a blue and red leotard, swinging around New York City, it's Spider-Man. Okay, let's roll with it. It's fine. It's acceptable. It's acceptable because I suppose there was a there were, there were forerunners in the early 2000s that really did pave the way for this. We're talking Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Ghost Rider, Blade 3. Yeah. You know, Spider-Man 3, the Tobey Maguire one that we did recently as well. We did. Um, X-Men, there's all these movies that... Whoa, 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 you forgot about Electra, just like the audiences. <laughs> <laughs> Electra, what a bad movie. And not exclusive to the early 2000s, of course, in the 90s and the 80s and what have you, the, you know, superhero movies. But we're looking at, um, I mean, if there's if there's the golden era, I suppose this is the brown era. That's literally what I was going to say. Do you remember comic books gave us the silver era of comic books? This has given us the pale beige. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's movies that, you know, in your heart of hearts, you think, it can't be that bad. It, it, must, it, it led to here. It led to here, so there must be something good about it. Yeah, you think, no. you think, come on, there must be some saving grace in there somewhere, but i tell you what, there isn't, because <laughs> I watched three movies this week, and God almighty, I didn't enjoy any of them. I'm so sorry, I didn't, I went back and watched Daredevil, 2003, Ghost Rider, 2007, Fantastic Four, 2005. Just so you didn't do Hulk. <laughs> no, I was going to, I was going to, Ang Lee's Hulk, I was going to do it, mate, i tell you what. I, I got I bought it on DVD on release day. I was so excited. I think I saw it at the cinema. <laughs> and you were still excited and to I buy still the DVD. Bought it. <laughs> <laughs> Your taste in film has changed. You know, I was obviously impressionable at that age. I think I was like 16 when that movie came out. Oh, Hulk, what? I was a... working at Quick Save. Oh. And it, and it came out and... Was there a line out of the block of people returning it? <laughs> <laughs> 
it, you know, and it, it, I don't know, it was colourful, it was comic book, it was Hulk. I like the Hulk, he's a great character. It came with like a comic inside the DVD case. Oh, sounds cool. It was back when I used to watch the DVD extras and I wanted to know why did they so literally make that movie a comic book. Yeah. It still didn't explain the end. I still don't know. <laughs> I still don't know how Eric Banner's Hulk defeats his dad. Well, who's his dad? Nick Naughty, isn't it? Yeah, what's he play? He plays an electric clown. <laughs> I don't know what it is. How's he beat him? He drowns him. As you know, mate, you can drown clowns. <laughs> I don't know. One minute he's rock. I don't. I still don't understand the ending of that movie. I, oh, do you know what? We, we're starting off strong here with the Hulk, which I'll never forgive because I was a big reader of Empire magazine. And this is where... This is where my uh, love of Empire started to sour, was when they gave this five stars. <laughs> called it a comic book masterpiece. <laughs> and then I went to go see it. Fuck you, Empire. <laughs> and that's the problem with star rated systems, isn't it? We've said this since day one I did this podcast, is we you can't you can't do stars because the moment you give that first five star review, you are bound. You're setting a yeah, you're setting a, a bar <laughs> that every other movie has to then like achieve. And if Ang Lee's Hawk is the bar, <laughs> like, I've seen loads of five star movies. I I, st- I still I still remember the review talking about how it taken comic book level uh, comic book films to a new level. It was like it's not about the Hulk; it's about the inner turmoil of man. And I, as an audience member, I was like, "When's the Hulk gonna like shit fuck you up?" Yeah, <laughs> I took my sister to see it, and afterwards I had to apologise. It was. I mean, don't get me wrong; it did have fuck uh, off. No, mate. Out of the films I watched this week, like Daredevil and Fantastic Four, at least the Hulk has a few of them scenes that are like are pretty cool. Like when he smashes the lab first time. You know, when the lights are kind of dimmed out and you, you don't really see much of him. When you first, yeah, when he first evolves into the Hulk, I'll give yeah. you that. But what's he fight? There's a chihuahua on Ritalin. <laughs> There's the scene, you know, when Banner's looking in the mirror. Um, oh, he's a dream sequence and the Hulk smashes the mirror. Yeah. Because yeah. that was the big trailer, wasn't it? The big trailer at the time was the Hulk speaking to him saying puny human or something like that. Mm. And I'm probably getting that mixed up with when he smashes Loki around, but. Yeah, yeah God or whatever it is, but yeah, there was a scene, wasn't there, where he's like looks back in the mirror, and then the house blows up. And I and I, I did think at the time some of the effects were pretty cool, but by the end of the movie, when he's like, you know, shot putting tanks and jumping yeah. canyons and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, it just is not a good movie. I remember one of the biggest complaints was that he's not green enough. <laughs> he's very green in that. The the only complaint I had about that was he existed on film. It was terrible. Mm. So, you know, that's where we are. We're in the early 2000s and they were not kind. Granted, you got a lot of good stuff. This at the time was probably when, you know, it was a dark age of cinema before before the good, before Lord Disney appeared and <laughs> saved the franchises. But let's be honest, at this time as well, they're all standalone films. There was no bigger universe. There was teasers, but you just maybe like a throwaway in the background. So there was no big plan. Well, we need to say that, that um, you know, Spider-Man 2002, Spider-Man 2 2004, yeah. I believe that's right. Um, X-Men? X-Men, X-Men this time yeah. was still So there was it. good. There, there was, was good at this time. But they weren't all good. They, no. History makes you forget about these films. You, everyone, everyone seems to think that, oh, they remember Spider-Man, they remember a bit of X-Men. But other than that, they, they remember then Iron Man, which obviously kickstarted the big universe. So in a multiverse, if you're listening to Disney, what James and I, mainly James, so you can blame him, have come up with Don't this. Me. <laughs> wouldn't it be a great idea if in this multiverse that's been created, you got together all these bad characters mm. and what good characters in bad incarnations and put them together as the not Avengers please and just watch them struggle for a movie <laughs> oh because that would be weird wouldn't it like if Ben Affleck was like I'm returning and everyone's like oh bat, bat flick or whatever they call him yeah. it's like no no Daredevil it's like no <laughs> like no one wants that yeah Nick Cage is like I'm done trying to find my lost pig and fighting possessed 
fear, uh, what's it, uh, carnival rides or whatever. I, I want to be Ghost Rider for the third time. Oh. <laughs> Idris Elba's like, I'll fuck another franchise. I'll, <laughs> I'll come back. <laughs> Fantastic Four, I mean, it's had its chance. It's had its second it's chance. It's had its second chance. It's now on its third legs. Do you remember I went to go sit up for my birthday once and there was a birthday I once had like, like very severe illness and it was still a bit, <laughs> seen dead, dying was still better than seeing Fanfortist. Or whatever mm. it's called, because they put the four in the middle because they thought they were being cool. That's a point I'm going to get onto with its uh, with its, its cast. So this has been quite fun. We've also later come up with some scenarios like how they would do in the Avengers world, and then we're going to have like an open topic conversation about how we would integrate them back into the fold. How would you get them up? Because obviously Disney now huge, I mean, huge big. A lot of them will come back. So uh, Ghost Rider appeared in the Agents of Shield, mm. so he's now Canada, a different incarnation. Um, Fantastic Four, obviously. he's at some point, because it's known as Marvel's first family. So a lot of interesting talking points today. But I'm sorry that you've you've picked the three worst ones. No, no, you didn't watch Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. That is the, that is <laughs> the bad one, That is the worst one. That's the bad one out of those two. <laughs> I tell you, Fantastic Four is chomping at the bit of that number one spot, I tell you. Which one did you watch? The, the, the 2005, yeah. Yeah, the Chris Evans, what are you doing era. Fresh out of not another team movie. He's an actor that I talk, like, he's an actor in that character that I talked about last week where, you know, now that they're established and they've done some pedigree films. <laughs> they're you know, on IMBD. Na- yeah, na- <laughs> now all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, you know, I I, I was at a difficult time in my yeah. life. And it's like, oh shit, at the time you were chomping at the bit to be in this movie. Edits the Wikipedia, man. <laughs> Just like, his career started with, you know, the, the high-brow films. That's where it started. Mm. Hit the cast. Right. Cool. So how do you want to, hey, first off, how's your week been? You've been all right? You've yeah. had a birthday? Obviously this is your birthday episode. This is what you chose. Thanks for that. Thanks, you know. This could be our last one. <laughs> Saying that though, I had no money on the su- the Super Mario Brothers episode doing well, and it did well. <laughs> like, and I have no idea why. Because I-, I mean, I think we you got more listeners than the film got movie watches. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, we had a lot of downloads in Kuwait. Apparently, maybe that's what you're doing for fun in Kuwait. Is- <laughs> This podcast. Reminisce over <laughs> Mario Brothers. Maybe there's maybe they'll see big sores in that now. They'll be like, oh my god, there's been a revival in the great the great uh, Bob Hoskins movie. Well, it's like Malta, where there's still the set of the Popeye movie, and there's still like a real yeah. proud kind of like Popeye. It's like the rest of the world doesn't view Popeye like that. No, <laughs> like, but you would go to Malta to see it though. Fucking hell, yeah, would. you would. Yeah, Haven't they still got Star Wars stuff up in Malta as well? You you'd Tunisia, they've got it, haven't they? Oh, it's Tunisia, but you'd, if you had a choice. It's like, there'd be big queues in mm. Tunisia, mate. You go to Mora, I doubt there's a queue. So, ooh, Popeye was filmed here. I, I really want to go to like an abandoned old setting. We, before COVID hit in, we had a holiday book from Morocco. Yeah. And um, in the in the like 60s and 70s, a lot of movies were filmed in Morocco. If you wanted to do like an Egypt scene um, or desert, it was cheaper and easier to fly to Morocco, Morocco kind of the... <laughs> Western tip of Africa to do those scenes then to, to go into like Egypt. So just like, like an abandoned set with like all the Cleopatra kind of props oh, and stuff cool. still there. That would have been awesome. That would have been epic. That would have been awesome. Mm. It's just like um, now Georgia's become the everywhere of America. Just yeah. like, it's just like when a film is supposed to it, Georgia. It's, it's like, um, the, the, it's two things, isn't it? Like half the time you get people going, it's because Georgia, you know, the, the, um, you know, it's the it's the people, it's the atmosphere, and all that. And then sometimes you get the honesty. It's like it's easier attacks. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's cheaper. cheaper. <laughs> you know, no one cares if you fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> it's only Georgia. So, um, oh, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Uh, nothing much. I've had the week off. I've been uh, knee deep in my little thing that I do. You know, collecting. So I've, I've done Broadchurch. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I, it was amazing. All three seasons. All three seasons. It was absolutely on Brit Box. Thank you very much, Brit Box. Um, fantastic. 
really loving this thing. David Tennant was the one that I chose. So I'm now watching Good Omens on Amazon. So I love the jump and I really like Good Omens because I really like his connection, uh, his, uh, his chemistry with his chemistry with Michael Sheen, which is so good. Do you watch that? Is it scripted or unscripted? No, but I, you are the third person this week to tell me about it since I was like, oh, I'm trying to watch Good Omens. Oh, if you like Good Omens, you watch unscripted. Is it, wasn't it just them over computer talking? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Is it called scripted? No, I can't remember. I, I do know what it is that they they talk they're themselves, aren't they? Yeah, and but it is scripted, like because yeah. it's that it's yeah. I've, I've not watched a lot of it, but I've seen some of it. Um, but yeah, Machine and um, and Tenant, clear chemistry. It's um, it's also really good. It's a way of you know, COVID like like locked the country down, but really clever people still found a way of getting new material, new type of things out there. That's mm. really good. Like some of you've seen some of the art that's coming out. They call like COVID art, it's like a new renaissance for people's stand home painting. It's like mm. a really good thing. It's, it's actually been a benefit to some of the, not all of the arts, because obviously they closed down all the theatres and everything like that. But finally saw Hamilton. Oh yeah. Oh, what an amazing that was. That mm. was so good. I was watching it though, amazed that they've not, Disney haven't turned that into a big budget film, which I assume is coming. Could do. I mean, yeah, I mean, why? It's got nothing but praise, so why yeah. not perfection? And also, I suppose it's a gateway to get more people into Broadway into, and onto theatre. Yeah. Um, I read something about um, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, Miranda yeah. yeah he's, the way he's, the, he, the money he earns like a month off Hamilton yeah. alone is ridiculous. When you're watching him, though, he's really good at his craft. Like, you cannot say he's not perfected. You know, he read a biography on, like, this founding father. He was like, no one makes a big enough deal. So he researched or wrote this musical. It's fantastically, it's so over the top. There's a king in it. His, his songs are brilliant. The chemistry, the dance. I hate dancing. It's just movement for pillocks. <laughs> but this really good. You know what? It's an art style. It's a performance piece that's so good. It's next level. Jaunty, mate. Singing the tune is absolutely loving it. I'm in love with the man. And But I imagine he's such an arsehole. He's perfectionist. You mm. can tell. You could tell that like, if you stepped out of line, he was going to beast you after the show. <laughs> it's like, do you are uh, you a one third of a second off? I fucking seen you. <laughs> Christian Bale, yeah. <laughs> Christian Bale, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's been watching all these things that I really should have watched by now. Broadchurch was so good. And it's really good to praise like a, Br- I'm, you know, I'm a really big... You know, we, we could sit here and talk for days about uh, True Detective season one and season three. They were so good. Season two has its moments. Mm. But to watch something that's essentially just like set on Brighton Beach, I know it's not, set in a fictional place for Broadchurch, but it's so good. So it's filled to the brim with great British talent as well. It's kind of like a celebration of everything that's good in a murder about a child. <laughs> and it's hard now because those those people in that have gone on to superstardom so yeah. that you can't now pull them back. This is the thing with Sherlock, isn't it? Where you can't, they can never get the director and the two main actors, well, the the whole cast really, to be fair, in the same well, Benedict, time. Benedict Cumberbatch is slowly taking over like some sort of disease. Yeah, and, you know, Martin Freeman and the director and the writers, because they're all like, you know, preoccupied with other projects because they're now really sought after. It's the, I suppose it's the price of Being, success, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, but Broadchurch is particularly good. If you're on a tenant spree, though, they, like I said, there are a couple. That Des was pretty harrowing that he was in. I really like Tenant. I'm with you. I still think he was one of the best. I'll keep it on brand slightly. Marvel have done bad guys terribly, but mm. one of the best films they ever had was Kilgrave, who was yeah. obviously in the Netflix series Jessica Jones season one. He was so good that they that they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, yeah, they they should never have got rid of him. But because I, I was going to say because of his powers as well that he doesn't have to be the, he could be the main villain while still being a physical threat because he could just talk to someone else and go, mm. Are "You fine." Well, how great would it be, mate? Close your eyes, imagine this. Thanos has got it. He's about to click his fingers. And then David Tennant's just like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Mate, just fucking solved. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, or, or, you know, could have got a dart, they could have took his tongue out, you yeah. know, all that kind of stuff. Like, it, it, Jessica Jones season one had so much promise. And then season two, <sighs> such a letdown, unfortunately. Yeah, it was. 
but yeah, Des is really good. Where he plays like the cannibal serial killer, and he's this. You know, there's just scenes in that where he's like, um, he's like, oh, so what did you do with him? Oh yeah, I ate him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I couldn't have him lying around the house, could I? Does he, does he do the thing when any British person needs to play serial killer? They wear those really big glasses with the two frames. Oh, really, of course, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> and then that, that, I can't remember what it was called, White Chap- White House, White Farm, something. Oh, I don't know that, that one. That one where he plays the GP and did he or did he not kill his whole family? Fucking dark, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I went through this phase of every time I watched Tenant, he was doing something really dark. I was like, what's happened to Dr. Who? But, yeah, I do, I do like it. got fucking Tenet. dark, mate. Um, he's always like, adorable as well in chat shows and stuff. Very likable personality. He's always, he's, he's always hearing his real voice though. And you're like, oh, you always forget Scottish because he nails British and to a fair American accent's pretty good as well. Yeah. The man's just good. The man's gold. Talking of like jolly and charming. Yeah. I've been watching um, Hands May Tale <laughs> still. Do you know what? I really want to get into it, but I can find no one to watch it with me because you make it sound so depressing. It's genuinely something I don't want to do on my own. <laughs> it's, it's so depressing. <laughs> I'm nearly at the end of season two now, so I'm halfway through. It's great. I say it every week. It's great. But my God, it's depressing. You can't binge this. If I find someone's watched a whole season in like a day or a weekend, I'd be like, oh my God. We're going to need to get you psychiatric like, help. Yeah. Get some air. <laughs> get a hobby. Because <laughs> like, it's not the kind of thing you binge. It, you know, like it is picking up again because it's coming to a season finale. I'm going to go watch that after we've recorded this. Go on to see how season two ends. And but Elizabeth Moss. Oh my God. She's good, isn't she? God, she's good. Yeah. So think Very she's, good. Next big thing. And to be fair, she never well, anyway. is there. I suppose the Invisible Man was like killer, wasn't it? It just, um, I imagine it's all about which project she takes on next. But to be fair, she nails everything. She's fantastic in Mad Men, which is a TV mm. series with John Hammond. Those two were just breakout stars of that. So good. She was also in a Max Richter music video, and he's one of my favourite film composers. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big uh, Elizabeth Foss fan. So that, yeah, I haven't watched any films other than. So it's Friday, right? It was Friday this week. And I thought, do I ruin three nights of my week? Or do I just stay up late and just blitz these three movies and get them done? Like, and so I chose that option. So, you know. Was, seven, it, was, it, was it worse than Handman's Tale? Oh, man. It was like seven o'clock Friday. I got started. Daredevil first. Oh. Then Fantastic Four, then Ghost Rider. Finished about, I think it was like two in the morning with breaks and stuff. It's really hard to tell where you picked. It's like, where do you go? Or do they just go slowly worse? Had I had I wanted to do them in an order, like they got better to keep me going, I would have gone Fantastic Four to get out of the way, yeah. then Daredevil, and then <laughs> Fantastic... No, and then uh, Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Because go, did, Fantastic Four is just boring. Yeah. It's just boring. It's, it, it's, it's not fun. It's play-by-numbers kind of stuff. Daredevil is lame. Yeah. I've never described a movie like that, but it is lame. And it's almost laughable how bad it is. And Ghost Rider, it's got the fact that because Nicolas Cage is in it. Yeah. You know, you're like... It's got to be some in an alternate, Yeah, alternative reality. Can you imagine like an MCU now with Nick Cage as one of your main stars? Like that would be epic. Yep. So a lot of the time I was thinking... God, wasn't it great when Nick Cage was in the MCU in that guys, you know, as, as Ghost Rider, who is... Ghost Rider's a fucking awesome right. superhero. Right, yeah. Right, so let's let's start off. You start off with, with bland, boring. Right, let's let's, t- let's take our journey to Fantastic Four. Marvel's first American... First, first film... First family of comics. The Reed family, Mr. Fantastic. He can stretch, but also... Uh, Mr. Reed is his brain. That's actually his real superpower. He's he's the cleverest person in the comic book world. No one can beat him. He's the tits. 
Is that true, though? Because there's always a villain smarter. There's, well, so Fantastic Four is stacked heavily on supposedly the good side, as in it's supposed to have the best. Um, he is supposed to be the most clever. That's what I heard. You know, his absence in the um, Gauntlet storyline is pretty big because he's the one that does a lot of the time travel. He's the one that works it out. And then you've got the Invisible Woman. Yeah, she's, you know, she can throw force fields. She, she's she's worthy of Mr. Fantastic's love. She's got a brother, Johnny. Johnny's an asshole. <laughs> He's made of fire. I call him the flame one. Then you've got the thing, made of rocks. They're, they're positive, though, is they're villains. Doctor Doom is the villain of Marvel. He is up there with, he's A-tip, and he's just a bloke who's like the king of his own country, and he, do you know what? He looks badass. Not everyone can pull off some sort of kind of green cape and skirt, but he does, mate. He's made of metal in his mask. It's pretty good. What you're coming into 2005 is you've got a cast list, mate. A very disappointing cast list. <laughs> Up and coming Chris Evans. <laughs> Michael Chiklis. <laughs> it's not. I mean, Jess Grant was the only A star in it. You've got straight off the bat. Do you remember Nip Talk? Do you remember mm. watching that thinking that that really boring uh, McMahon fella, he'd be really great cast as Doctor Doom. No. Julian McMahon. Julian McMahon. He's, 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 let's be the honest, mate. He's piss poor. The second he comes on, before you realise his name's Von Doom, <laughs> like, before that, you look at him and you're like, you smug villain. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like it. If you were walking past you in the street, though, you'd throw a pie. You're like, you dick. Yeah, it's like, you, I didn't do anything. You'd be like, I don't care. There should be, there should be a, you know, a checklist. Is like, right, hold on, rich CEO or very kind of impressionable person yeah. in a business, yeah. and your surname's Von Doom. Yeah, stay away from any kind of <laughs> lab experiment. Why, why would anyone think that's a good? idea? Surely it's like, oh, let's get into business. These are my ideas. Oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, my name's Josh. What's your name? Oh, my name's Victor. Oh, cool. Victor, Victor Von Doom. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> why? <laughs> Can you change your name? Maybe like Pete. Pete Jakes. <laughs> there you go. Everyone likes Pete Jakes. Yeah. Or like Sonny. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. However, he's got a great plan, mate. It's to go into space to harvest harnessed energy, mm. which somehow, despite the fact all four people get hit with the same rays, gives them four different superpowers. No, five, because Victor Von Doom becomes, now I swear to God, he becomes magnetic, right? That's his thing. Yeah, he can like, absorb power <sighs> and then use it to his advantage. He kind of sucks electricity out of a plug. If the film doesn't understand what his superpower is, how the fuck am I supposed to know what his superpower is? Right, so he's supposed to be super intelligent as well, because he's supposed to be, uh, reads equal. However, in it, he, he opens it up by coming to see his old friend who he stole ideas from, and it's like, I need your help because you're smarter than me. Great. So we know that. Is he threatening? No, because in the end they defeat him by someone drawing circles around him. He's, he's, it's not It's not very good film. It's bollocks. However, mate, one thing we do not talk about and we should is I say Kerry Washington should be in everything. And to be fair, she's in it. Kerry Washington is in it. Yeah. yeah she plays the love interest from Rock Man. <laughs> So sorry. There's something about Michael Chiklis. I love Michael Chiklis, so but mate, he's yeah. got that. He's got that um, Ross Kemp thing. Yeah, where just because he's bald, everyone's like, "Hard man." Yeah, it's got to be hard. It's hard as rock. <gasps> got a great idea. Yeah, I, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna break your heart now. Michael Chiklis was the only one in this film that was a fan of the Fantastic Four comic books, and his favorite was the thing. He absolutely loved it. He was like, when it came up, he told his agent because in the middle he was doing the Shield, which is a great TV series. If he's on Amazon, watch the Shield. Not. Agents of Shield, the Shield, a crop cop. Anyway, I'm starting. I'm sorry. I've heard nothing but good things about I'm, the Shield. I'm, I'm talking about positives when I desperately try not to watch it. And Chickless was like, "I want to be in that film. I desperately want to be in that film." In hindsight, did you, <laughs> did you, Michael Chickless? Yeah, because the the suit is very foamy. It looks anything but rock. <laughs> he does. He does do You've got the powers of polystyrene. Oh yes. Yeah, I really wish as well. Like he's, there, there was a there's a scene where it's like. 
I've been beaten. Who by Paper Man? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking covered. <laughs> I beat. I beat Scissor Man. <laughs> I couldn't beat Paper Man. A paper Boy. <gasps> <laughs> That would have been well fair. Just every morning he screams out it's like to his mall enemy, I'll get you next time, paper boy. <laughs> paper boy just throws the paper on the lawn. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. Oh my God, a joke so simple, yet somehow did make it one of the simplest films of all time. It wrote itself, James. This should have been a bit where he picks up scissors and they break. <laughs> right, so let's be honest, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a success. However... Oh no! Do you know what one of the worst films is? It, one of the worst periods of this is where they all discovered their own fly, uh, their own powers. Which yeah. is there's always that great scene. So we talked about uh, Toby Maguire a few weeks ago. Um, he finds his powers. You know, he's jumping off a cliff, um, uh, jumping off a building, and then you've got the great mirror of that in the more recent and superb Spider-Man into Spider-Verse, where he runs up a building, looks over the edge, thinks it's too high, runs back down, jumps off a smaller building. That's really cool. Iron Man in a like a you know trying to suss out a suit, you know, drinking just like you can sell. He's in this in this one. Mr. Fantastic tries to open a door and then just thinks, maybe I've got stretchy powers. And he does. <laughs> so that was lucky, wasn't it? The rock thing, which I know is called the thing, he puts on a hat and a trench coat. So he's gone for 80s cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make me blend in. Look like a fucking Peter. <laughs> no one will see me. Go, goes to see his wife. He's upset that, she, that she's concerned that her husband is now a giant rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he leaves it but it doesn't matter because about four minutes later he's banging Kerry Washington so good for you Michael Chiklis and then you've got Chris Evans which let's be honest Chris Evans is smarmy in this but he, he's actually pretty good in it he, he gets away he's supposed to be a dick no one likes Johnny Flame he's, a, he's an arsehole and he is an arsehole he comes across as like she says oh your heart is like your heart and it, but the impression is it's temperature. These are the jokes, but we've gone for like child level jokes. Yeah, yeah. you know, really like misogynist behaviour in the 2000s. Yeah, well. It's, yeah. The, the thing also about this one as well is it parallels, unfortunately, you know, Spider-Man did come out in close concession to this. Yep. And, you know, you've got the scenes with like, you know, Victor Von Doom being like chased. <laughs> Can I say it seriously? <laughs> Victor Von Doom being put, like, like the board voted him out of the company and you're like, Goblin, <laughs> like we're back in Green Goblin territory. It's, Somehow the, the Green Goblin mask was more believable than any of this. <laughs> yeah, oh. it, it, it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't age well, and the the effects, unfortunately. So there are two things um, that that unfortunately, again, because of this, the effects really don't age well. They are what is now more like TV yeah. special effects. So when you're watching and a not big a high budget movie, yeah, yeah it, it doesn't look too good. And unfortunately, as well, a lot of these early two thousands, there was a new metal American rock insurgents yeah. in film in this time. And some of my favorite bands are in these soundtracks, um, but they don't age well. You know, Daredevil, when Evanescence kick in, you're like, oh, yep. Oh, we're there. Also, I can't wait to talk about that because I just remember that film should just be called Broody Devil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where can I go brood? <laughs> Bearing in mind he's blind. <laughs> Why is he so about the aesthetics? Anyway, sorry, Cohen. No, no, it's just that. There's a lot of like new metal, a lot of rock, a lot of like kind of, you know, power rock ballads. Nickelback are in two or three of these films. You know, it's, it's just one of them where it's like... Yeah, it's like, oh no, this Daredevil is a terrible soundtrack. Yeah. You know, because it went for what was popular. Now, let's be honest, Fantastic Four, it's not a, it wasn't a rousing success, but did get a sequel. Oh, no, sorry, actually, I'm going to review things 
back to Empire. And I remember Empire said that the problem with this film was that it was too loyal to the source material because they'd spoken about Spider-Man, how, you know, they'd have to deviate from the storyline. In this one, they went, the problem with Fantastic Four is it sticks solely, it's too, it's too honest to the comic books. And I remember thinking, why are the comic books boring as well? <laughs> because it's not good. However. 2D and simple. Uh, exactly. Are we going to step, are we going to spice it up, mate? Sequel. So somehow they got a sequel out this rise of the silver surfer. Who's, who's, who's going to be really hot? Doug Jones. We'll do Doug Jones to come in and we'll, do, we'll take on possibly one of the biggest characters in Marvel. The Silver Surfer is huge, isn't he? Mm. As someone who doesn't like, who doesn't read those type of comic books, even I know who the Silver Surfer is. Lawrence Fishburne, got a great voice. He's done that thing again where he's been a bit dickish to uh, Doug Jones, but he was at a time when Doug Jones was body, not voice. Yeah. We're, we're here for your skills. Um, we're here for your lankiness. <laughs> what I don't understand about this film is any of him. <laughs> Because I don't know if you remember this. So what they did was they went, they went, they went back into it. It was like, what is Fantastic Four known for? It's known for its great villains. So they got Galactus. Galactus is like the second. Is I think he's a god, isn't he? He's bigger than Thanos. He's he's supposed to be this world devourer. He eats planets like Skittles, mate. He does what he wants. In it, he's a fucking cloud. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of clouds in superhero movies. There is a lot of clouds in superhero movies. Green Lantern and yeah. Hulk, uh, Hulk and, and this. Doctor Strange was a bit of it. And Doctor Strange was a cloud as well. They're always anticlimactic. I don't know who's saying There's some fucker in Hollywood. Do you want kids love? <laughs> furiously masturbate going, fucking clouds. That's what I want. Your kids love a cloud. <laughs> just like, I like Nature's to, villain. I just like to think he got hit by a cloud when he was young. <laughs> 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 just, he just spends his life. Right, we don't know what to do with the final. Four. Fuck, put a cloud in here. I want Batman versus a cloud. It, yeah, yeah. Silver Surfer. I only, I only ever saw that in the cinema. That's one that is always rumored to be coming into the MCU now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. A lot of this, like, um, well, it's Galactus, isn't it? I think Galactus is the one they want. They wanted. I know they've gone for a different route, but you always hear about Galactus because Galactus is another universe threat. They want, they want the villains. I think, but kind of have to accept that they're going to get the Fantastic Four with them. <laughs> you want, you want Silver Surfer, don't you? Yeah. Like that's why you want Fantastic Four to bring in Silver Surfer, so you have got these characters to play with. That is exciting, you know, because like, you know, same with X-Men, reintroducing X-Men. I know there's a bit of buzz around who would recast as Hugh Jackman, but I'm all for it, actually. I think they they, they are good characters and, and we are in a better place of filmmaking now with better stories. Yeah, um, and you, you don't have to rely too heavily on this dynamic. They can do what they did with um, Spider-Man. Miss the origin, they're just here. Mm. Just accept that there's fantasy for you know it, you've seen the crap movies. Remember how they got their powers? Forget everything else. Mm. Kind of like backdoor and origin in. You see, I've got a great way when we talk about like how I would save the Fantastic Four. Do it now. Right. Fantastic Four should be set in the 60s. And Reed should be one of the one of the biggest minds. And it should be played by George Clooney. And everything should just basically be like they're like a secret family hiding out in like the suburbs somewhere and doing secret experiments for Shield. And that's that's the storyline. Is they're hidden in plain sight, and it's like everything's like a fifties. You know what they did with um, One Division. That's yeah. how you do it. That's and I'm saying George Clooney because you want an established older actor because he, they're not going to be they're not they're more for the mind. Their stretchiness will be to get pen from the other side. Uh, Sue, um, the Invisible Woman. Sorry, Sue Reed. She her powers will also be used. You know, she'll be the mother figure. She'll be the the one in charge of Shield at the time. Johnny will be an arsehole and the thing will, could be your, like secret operations and stuff like that and that's how you do it and they've got a family dynamic and that's how you do it. Who do you have playing the thing? <sighs> Michael Douglas. <laughs> give, <laughs> give him another shot, mate. I just CGI. Doug, Doug Jones. <laughs> you could just CGI, couldn't you? Nowadays, you could have anyone. You could, you know, if you've got Taika Waititi as Korg. Yeah, exactly. You, you really could do anyone, couldn't yeah. you? You know. 
a CGI, and, and you have to write a scene where he gets trapped in toilet paper and can't get out. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Storm's an awkward one to cast, I think. It is. You could just have like a young teenager, though. Like well, well if, you, if you hadn't already got um, Ezra Miller as Flash, yeah. that would have been a good cast then. There you go. See? But that's what I mean. It could, could be quite replaced like a kind of, well, let's be honest, The Incredibles is a is kind of Fantastic Four. They've all kind of, they've all got more or less the same powers. Mr. Incredible is the rock. He's got the thing. Uh, the mother strategy, Miss Fantastic. You've got uh, the girl that can turn herself invisible, like invisible woman. And then you've got um, the baby that can do everything. The flame one. There See, I'm thinking more contemporary, mate. I think you gender swap all of the roles. Why not? So, you know, the dad is Mr. Invisible, mm-hmm. an absent father. Oh, that was actually really good. Well, the female uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that one. <laughs> Because she's, she's just sick of your shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, no, and, and, and do it that way. That would be fun. That would be cool. Because again, it's a, it's a, I don't know, there's probably people listening to this that Fantastic Four is their jam. It's their, it's their it, thing. It, it, I'm fairly, it, we make a lot of grand statements in this podcast, but I'm fairly certain you might be wrong on that one. I, think, I thought Fantastic Four had a huge following. I thought I, this was like one of the top. No. No, I always thought it no was. the comic books is. The comic, yeah, yeah, that's oh, what the I meant. Books, so the comic books, yeah, yeah. yeah, the comic books is, yeah. But when... Um, Disney took over they did that thing that because they didn't own the rights they really scaled back the comic books anyway but they, but now they're there so they're definitely going to show up at some point because why wouldn't they they're beloved characters that have a fan base already there that's how you save them mm. <sighs> Fantastic Four though not there's no there's not much redeeming quality in there and also when I'm getting the second one is they kill Victor Von Doom at the end of the first one so he fucking shows up halfway through the second one he's like oh I'm here to help and they accept his help and they go yeah run because it's his plan to steal the surfboard <laughs> And use his powers. <laughs> Do you know what the worst part about that is? That's a hundred. I haven't seen that film this week, and I remembered it. That too. What I really struggled though with Fantastic Four is like there's a there's a breakaway scene that takes you out of the storyline where like Chris Evans' character has just learned that he basically can set himself on fire, which I would be worried about. Yeah. He's like, oh, I've just really got it. I've got to I've got to skate like skate skate down these slopes, man. I just need the adrenaline buzz. Yeah. And it's like, wow, you took us out of the storyline for a kind of snowboarding scene yeah and, and then because extreme mate. And, and then like you're like okay well we're through it now and he's like oh, I, ju- I just need to get on a dirt bike and jump across a load of like cars and shit and it's like where's this extreme sport element like that again is because he can turn himself on fire because <laughs> <laughs> he does not get that yeah but he's like because mate, that's all the character development he needs <laughs> because like Tony Hawks was famous at the time and big I don't know but there's this like driving extreme sports and, it, and it, it I mean you know it has the same director as as Daredevil Mark Stephen Johnson Jesus Christ but you know then watching Ghost Rider I'm like Daredevil stunt antics again and I'm like what the fuck is going on with these films I don't think you got the 2000s mate didn't I didn't understand it right so Fantastic Four you know definitely not in the Avengers <laughs> not yet <laughs> definitely but in the not Avengers they have a home do you know what, we'll go Daredevil. Mm. So Daredevil, do you know what? I rewatched this not that long ago. And at the time, Ben Affleck, he's 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 spilt in the, he gets radioactive waste in the ice. That scene is unbearably <laughs> bad. And he's like, look at all these barrels. Of like, and the thing is, if it's that bad, why is no one wearing goggles? <laughs> no one's wearing goggles. <laughs> I knew you'd pick on that stuff. <laughs> Health and safety, James. Do you know, what I really love about this is, and this is this is what I love about it is, this is implied that he knows Hell's Kitchen so well he knows it like the back of his hand. So he, there's none of this kind of like echo site. There is a little bit of it, but it's because he knows what's going on. He knows his city, mate. He knows it. So I always remember thinking, if you put your bin 
one meter out of where you usually put it would not fuck their devil over because he would run smack shit into your bin. It has that terrible scene, doesn't it, where he wakes up and he's like got the sonar thing. Yeah. It's like, so what, he's like a whale now? I, <laughs> I don't know what's it's, happening. It's to block out the sounds, mate, because then when he wakes up, he's instantly got a headache. He's like, oh no. But do you know what? This, this is a good film because John Favreau's in it and he learned how to have what not to do so that when he directed Iron Man, mate, he was spot on. Which isn't that far ahead. Like, the, in you know, when you think of movies like so close together and you think what a leap in cinema, like, you know, I from, from Daredevil to Iron Man is a considerable short amount of time and such a drastic improvement. Mm. That's got to be one of the biggest leaps in cinematic achievements is Daredevil to Iron Man. Yeah, no, I do. I'd agree with that. If you think about like the tonal shift as well, because this mm. was quite clearly going for like some sort of, I don't know, Nirvana music video. It, I get it. It fucking rains in New York. It just rains constantly. It's like it's set in the most depressing suburb of America that's ever met. Also, what goes against this film is there has been a pretty friggin' awesome TV series that excelled at every series and ultimately was the characters were just better. So we've seen it done right. So in a way that it, we can also coexist in the world because, you know, Matt Murdock, the uh, the blind Avenger, we will never be part of the crew that takes on Thanos, but he'll be the person that, you know, saves the city. Mm. So it has been done well and kind of, you could argue, does exist. This film though, any excuse to fucking brood. Oh my God, what an arse. Also kills people. That's a bit weird, actually. Rewatching that this week, I, I forgot that you know you just you'll throw a dude on the train line and he then get like, ripped in half, and then and then screams out a line. What I really love about it is, I'm justice, and he throws him out there, and it was like I can't hear you because the train's coming at me. Yeah. What? Why are you throwing one line at just me? Committed murder. <laughs> So you're now a criminal. But after he's committed murder, he then pisses about getting some fuel and writes DD on the floor. Because later, when a cop, uh, when a reporter comes, he throws a cigarette on the floor and it lines up Daredevil. He's like, what a fucking awful scene. Just the idea of this blind man just committed a murder and goes, right, no one tell on me. I'm going to write on the floor in petrol. <laughs> what a cock. It's terrible, yeah. It's terrible. Uh, the fights in a play part where he fights Electra. That's is the it, worst scene. It's the worst scene. That is the worst scene. That is also the creepiest scene as well because like, so she's just said basically no. said, I'm all right, thanks, in the coffee shop. Yeah, he's please like, leave me alone. Yeah, he's like, I know what I'll do. I will follow Jennifer Garner because that'll really be a turn on. <laughs> and and she's like, look, dude, I told you to back off. And he's like, <laughs> well, I want to know your name. I'm not leaving until I know it. Again, take a hint, dude. And then they have this weird fight in a playground with a load of kids. Yep. Fucking weird. It is a bit weird. But it doesn't matter because they fall in love then. Now, the I, sexual tension it, in that <laughs> playground fight scene is ridiculously high. <laughs> It's ridiculously high. Mate, it's so ridiculously high. The thing is there with, with, with a horrible costume. Just because you didn't fall in love fighting your missus on, on a, a fucking seesaw. seesaw. Do you get it though? Do, do you get what they were going for? I remember when I was watching this as a joke, I went, it's because they're perfectly balanced. That's why the seesaw is level. Then they remember thinking, oh God, the writer probably has meant that. What an asshole. But also there's a scene just before it where Ben Affleck's in Daredevil outfit on top of a building and he jumps to another building and I thought, is that one of their devil's powers? I didn't read the comic book so I don't know. No, he could just take a beating. But has he got that good a jump? No, just fucking lucky, mate. He tried like, with the jets. It's like, can you remember, uh, can you remember Blade 2 when that came out? He had a really bad jumping season. Yeah, and yeah. he did that thing, didn't it, where it kind of introduced this like 3D fight scene where yes. it started like platform and yeah. they were jumping around weird. And as a viewer, I was like, that's changed. Yeah, like, it's changed. It's, it's with the lights. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. Yeah. They're really kind of like, the, the bodies are really long and thin. 
when the drummer's mm. like, no, I know exactly what it means. And then the camera goes really close and then comes out again. And it, and and this is very reminiscent of that. Like, you know, watching Ben Affleck kind of jump from building to building, you're like, oh, Ang, Ang Lee's hook looked more believable when he was jumping canyons. <sighs> it did seem to go backwards, didn't it? But it's dark, mate. It's brooding. On top of, I never understood why he goes so far up to brood as well. He's just brood in, in an alley. Why Why would you take that risk? You're blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's got whale sonar powers, James. He does have whale sonar powers. The film's not great. However, I actually quite like Michael Duncan Clark as uh, the kingpin. Now, Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, sorry, Michael is, Clark Duncan. He's great. The kingpin is a great character. He though. is, yeah. And you have to have that big, looming physical presence. I think Vincent D'Infario in the Daredevil season, He that is my... Um, it's my kingpin as Wilson well. Fisk. Oh, yes. But Mark Clark Duncan, and also with the fact that he's passed, it is nice to revisit him. He has a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Particularly there's a scene where he's handing out a red rose to someone that he's basically put the hit on. That, yeah. that It's really good kind of scene. It has the old Batman book in though. It has the the hero in the first film has to defeat the person who killed their dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, it turns out, it's like, oh my God, I remember when my dad died, someone gave him a rose. It must have been you. You killed my dad. It's just like, we have enough motivation because he's also killed Electra. He's like, why you keep adding more motivations? You killed my God. <laughs> it's just like, oh, when I was a kid, you stole my money. <laughs> you <laughs> stole my milk. <laughs> you put the paper boy that threw it at the rock. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's a shame, you know, because and Matt Clark Duncan, not a stranger to the superhero universe. Obviously, in Green Lantern, yeah, Sin City, oh, got, he got, got round, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I've thought it's really good, and we're going to wildly disagree here. I quite like Colin Farrell as Bullseye because because he hate it. because he knows he's not a good film. He knows it, and I I like to think that Colin Farrell was like, do you know what? Let's let's do what I want. I thought it was okay. I thought it was passable. There was a bit though where he throws something and he misses and he kind of hisses at the camera. Yeah. Which is, like a cat. <laughs> like yeah. a cat that's just marked the territory and another cat's coming pissed. Like, <laughs> the problem is he went cartoony villain. Now Point Dexter, if you want to argue in Daredevil season three, is expertly played as like a borderline psychopath whose uh, OCD is what makes him shoot straight, which what makes him like the ultimate killer. So the problem with Daredevil is a few years later, we got a fantastic, I mean, Charlie Cox is Daredevil he's phenomenal deserves to be one of the few characters that's elevated into the coming back in Hawkeye apparently Hawkeye oh I heard Hawkeye, it was... yeah that, that suddenly made me want to watch Hawkeye <laughs> what they need people ain't no one interested in watching Hawkeye mm. but that's pretty cool but then saying that actually all the Marvel things I, I, I have impressed so actually yeah you're probably gonna watch it I am gonna watch it but it, it may it, if it's as good as the Three seasons we've got so far. Hawkeye, definitely, yeah. All right. That's pretty cool because obviously he's the big rumour in the multiverse with the Super uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, it's the idea that he's his lawyer and that. But yeah, I think it's been confirmed that he's coming into... But they, it could okay. be Disney throwing off the scent because... Well, they're not even doing trailers for Spider-Man, are they? It's been leaked today. Oh, is it? Because yeah. the I was going to tell you at the, at the start, they've done the Eternals and it's done that thing where it's like, <laughs> because they knew the big question about the Eternals, I think... Uh, I think it's Kit Harrington is one of the coaches. He just goes, so why didn't we interfere with Thanos? And, yeah. then, and then someone just goes like, it wasn't our place. <laughs> just yeah. drop it. We're, we're only here to like intervene like specific bad guys. <laughs> oh, not the guy who's going to eradicate half the universe. No, 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 no. We no, could no. also be you guys. Oh, no, yeah, leave it. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's the way of things. Unless I hope they wink at the camera in that scene. <laughs> it like, looks very serious, very artsy. It does. But then um, do you know what, it, might be, it might be fun to have like a serious one because so far we haven't had one. Right. <laughs> so, so very little redeeming qualities of Daredevil. What I do like, though, and this doesn't happen, you know when there's a rooftop fight scene, people might just go to the laundry out. I don't ever remember seeing that in a film. <laughs> there's a fight scene in laundry, mate. Quite impressive. 
I like it. I liked it. I think uh, no, Ben Affleck as Matt Murdock in this it doesn't work for me. He's got the he's got the quiffy spiky hair. Yeah, there's just a lot of it's like stained in that early two thousands. The soundtrack doesn't help. The Jennifer Garner, I, I'm sorry, I, I couldn't believe his electric. There's a scene where she's training. Yep. Very light, Laura Crofty. Mate, if she comes across Bags of, bags of Grain, she's going to fucking kill him. But yeah. if she comes across anyone that can move, if she's she, fucked. If she comes across Bags of Grain, they fall in specific places that she knows where they're going to fall. She's going to kill him, mate. Especially that one that's got a shitty devil scribble on it. Like, I, There should be a bonus scene where you see her draw that on. <laughs> like you. <laughs> Colin Farrell, I'm sorry. I've got problems with Colin Farrell anyway. I, I'm not always a big fan. So, but you are sometimes. I do so love some of his work. You know, in Bruges, outstanding. I do like some of his work, but do you know this, this is this to me is the this isn't any worse. Top, I'd accept that. Yeah, I think he's just having fun. I, I think there's a lot worse in this. See film. where he kills someone with paper clips. I still don't get how he did that because that wouldn't kill a person because he hit them in the juggler because he's 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 never missed. Yeah, I know, maybe but, he hit them but, in a plow. But, but that's <laughs> hitting someone. So that's not going to kill him. I mean, if. If you were choking, you know, medics would go in there to open up your airways. If anything, it made it easier for him to breathe and not need his mouth. Uh, all right. <laughs> you no, know, but you know what I mean? Like, he, he gets a paperclip and then all of a sudden he throws like 10 pieces of metal at the series. Like, what, do you, what, 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 you're a fucking magician? What I don't understand about magic is if you're a criminal, if you're a criminal, you want to surely hide yourself best. So if you're Victor Von Doom, your name is Victor Von Doom, you're pretty fucked. But you are very rich, so you can change your name and get plastic surgery. If you're Bullseye, though, why have you scarred a Bullseye to the top of your head? It's very easily noticeable. Just like... Are you bullseye? No, we'll take you out. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, good catch. Good catch, you got me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not that person. Uh, no, I, I think um, Ellen Pompeo's in it as well, Grey's Anatomy. Was she? Yeah, she plays Karen Page in it. Because obviously John Favreau's foggy, isn't he? Yeah. And I was just watching it thinking, yeah, but I like my Karen Page and foggy from Daredevil. It's in your foggy. It's in your foggy. Yeah. It, 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 it got been up right. So, Daredevil's done. I, I'll be honest, mate. I can't remember Electra. I, I don't think I've seen it. Electra is one of the most forgettable films I've ever seen. I remember Jeff Gard, is it? Mm. And I remember Goran Vinic, isn't it? From Practical Magic and AR. Um, and I just remember it was shit. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever saw it. I, I can't remember it. The dagger wielding. Because when she didn't put the outfit on in this, I was like, oh, or did she? Did I, I fall asleep? No, I, probably. No, I don't think she does. Oh, no, she does in the facts. Yeah, she does in the scene when she's taken out on the sandbags. Mm. She does have the daggers. But I remember thinking... I don't think I ever saw the spin-off. I don't think I saw her. Oh, don't worry about it. You missed nothing. It's very forgettable. It's crap. It was actually so borderline bad, I would possibly think about putting it in the bit. So not in the Not Avengers then? Not in the Not Avengers. You don't make it. However, I think there's room for a shit Daredevil in there. So, Fantastic Four. Do you want we Hulk, know? Yeah. Daredevil, Electra. Yeah. yeah. Could we do Ghost Rider? Just talk about it. Hey, well, you, you, let's do Ghost Rider. I don't think it's as bad as what lot of these are like the, the problem is so i am with you i watched ghost rider this week i am not with you i also watched ghost rider spirit of vengeance now that week. is bad now the problem is once you watch them both it's really hard to forgive the crimes of the first one when you've seen the crimes of the second one because everyone's guilty of the second one because we knew it was coming <laughs> I, yeah i'm not i'm not going to say it's a good movie or anything i just don't think it's that bad i think it's kind of walks this line of it, it's do you know what how are you going to do it right how are you how are you actually going to do it when you think about it so the character he sells his soul to the devil well he, he sells his soul to the devil to, uh, to save his father so you've got noble then he wants to he wants to escape the um the, the park not the park the circus i'm with him so far 
the transformation into the spirit of vengeance, uh, sorry, the, the actual ghost rider itself, I still think holds on. I still genuinely thought the ghost rider looked pretty badass. I think he is a badass character. I like the whole carnival traveling stuntman, you know, again, off the back of things like Evil Knievel, kind of the, yeah. the father son. We've seen that in comic books with you know, the Graysons and stuff like that. I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I love the angle of that the, the, in the MCU, there is a devil or there is at least that underworld. Yeah where it comes up and makes a deal with one of them. I like that he is an anti-hero in many ways. He's, he's not doing it for the greater good. He's doing it because he's banned by a contract. He looks fucking badass. It's a skeleton with a leather jacket. This one fire. So, yeah, that is really cool. The vehicle looks really cool. What, he's got badass powers. He stares into your soul and makes you relive all your sins. Yeah. That's and, fucking cool and as he's fuck. he's pretty untouchable. Like everyone he comes across in that first movie, my only criticism is he owns everyone. Every one of the like villainous henchmen, yeah. you know, none of them even come close to touching him. He's like, you're dead, you're dead, I've got you. He is like, he, he does come across as a little bit too strong. I would agree with that. And also the villainous black heart, the devil's son, oh, he's so shit. It's just, it's just a, one of the worst villains. Sam Elliott's in it. So also I don't Peter understand. Fonda. So Pete Fonda does a good job as the devil. I, he's got that quality of him that, you know, you would be tempted by. If Pete Fonda came into you and started whispering in your ears, you'd be like, who, who are Pete Fonda? Yeah. He's not, well, he's Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. Yeah. I always thought he was kind of, I was just assumed he was the devil. But Blackheart, who plays his son, easy oh shit. I can't remember the actor's name. He's in American Beauty. He loves the bag. <laughs> he fucking loves that bag. It's like, uh, it's Wes Bentley, isn't it? Wes Bentley. Wes Bentley's been in the American Horror Story. Oh, is he? I think he's I, been in some of the seasons of that. Other than, um, other than American Beauty, I've never actually seen a film I quite liked him. And I thought this was crap. I thought he he's was terrible. He's got a smug villain look about him, hasn't he? He does, but he's so generically. Like, he could easily be the henchman. There's nothing about him that stands out. He has um, he has girlfriend's best friend smugness. Yes. Yeah, that level, that, yeah. you know. He has your girlfriend in the film, your girlfriend or your wife's just started a new job and that's the new boss, <laughs> smugness. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Well, I've probably re- a lovely bloke, but yeah, probably. But he's he's in this film. So. <laughs> However, I don't want to say, like the idea that there's a contract out there. If there's this village in olden times that basically ripped itself apart, and there was a contract for all these souls that was so sinful that it would make whoever owned the contract so powerful they'd be able to do whatever they wanted. So Blackheart's after it, so he can take over hell or whatever, and the devil's after it because he wants to be more. Or Mephistopheles wants to be more powerful, and the original Ghost Rider or one of the original Ghost Rider played by Sam Elliott in a. Amen. Amen. In a fantastic scene, I like to point out where he rides away. So they're riding side by side, and he's the ghost rider on horseback. Mm. That looks badass. I do wish he had a flame mustache, though. Mate, sorry. That, that was way awesome. too loud. That yes. would have been cool. Or it just, it's still, it's the first thing that burns away. Just yeah. his mustache goes, and you see a mustache listen. Or he just stays because <laughs> it is so powerful. Uh, <laughs> even Hell's Fire can get rid of Sam Elliott's mustache. Um, what you've got here is you, you've got some pretty cool. You've got some what stuff. Um, Nicholas Cage is a big Ghost Rider fan, mm. and what he added to the storyline because this is a film that I when I watched it, I, was like, I want to like this, but there's nothing here. So I remember reading about it, watching the extras or sort of thing. So I remember in the cinema watching this, and uh, Nicholas Cage is after he does a big jump. The idea is that he's always testing fate to see if the devil really does own his soul, if it's in his control, which is why he takes these extreme risks. He comes back and he eats uh, jelly beans and he watches monkey videos. And he did an interview and he was like, well, why have you added this aspect? He said it's because if the devil owned your soul, you wouldn't tempt him with sin. You'd, mm. You would live a wholesome life. And I really, when you watch that with him thinking that, 
makes the storyline a lot better. Like yeah. he goes and he eats jelly beans. He doesn't go out drinking and hoing around because he's a wholesome person because he's worried about the nature of his soul. So he, you know, he keeps all his humour pretty basic. You know, he's, he watches chimps throwing pies and he's like, <laughs> and even Donald Luke, who plays his friend in it, he, he he's with him and he's like, why are you, why are you such a twat? And he's like, oh, I'm just living my life. And that, when I watched that afterwards, I was like, that's, that's actually pretty good. Nick Cage is a fascinating bloke and you can say what you want about his acting, how abstract it is, but you, you, honest to God, Google, I think it's Q Magazine interviewing... Um, Something he starts talking about his uh, inspirations. Yeah, so basically, it's, um, they, they do a lot of them where it basically starts with the, the actor who's doing it. They say the name of the film and it cuts to like a minute of them talking about it. So... You know, it'll be like Nicolas Cage and he'll go like um, Raising Arizona. And then it cuts to a scene of him talking about it. He, there's a lot going on in his methodology. Now, like, love him, love him, think it's ridiculous, it's over the top, whatever. He he really does do, like, the research. And sometimes it pays off. There's the history in there that we talked about in the Nicolas Cage episode where sometimes directors will pull him to one side and be like, Nick, it's not working. <laughs> Why aren't you fucking it up? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's too Nick. This, yeah, you're right. He brings it. There's the there's trivia that he had to cover up a Ghost Rider tattoo, which is true. Because well, he said it. So yeah, so he's he's that much of a fan. I I like the. Uh, for me, there's some things. Eva Mendes is great in this movie. I was gonna say I love and also, but I'll never forgive a teenage Nicolas Cage for not running away with Eva Mendes. You fucking idiot. Yeah, the character <laughs> Matt Long who plays the young Johnny Blaze, unfortunately, doesn't get the film off to a great start. Opposite Brett Cullen in this, um, and but Donald Logue as well is the unfortunately is Mr. Exposition. Yeah. Because Nicholas Cage Oh my God, gonna, there's that girl that you run away, that yeah. you run away from the circus without. Oh, you know, there's, there's a scene where he's literally just about to jump, like the big jump that no one's ever done. And he's like, and they're, they're at the top of the ramp in front of like 20,000 people. And he's like, I know you've got to do this, man, on the anniversary of your dad's death and you've got something to prove. And, the other, and he's like, thank you for telling us all of that. Like, it's unfortunate because he's, he's great in Gotham, that TV yeah. series. I, I thought he was really good in that. And he and he's quite likable in a lot of the stuff that he's in. But but this film does this, this crappy thing that all these films seem to do is he starts turning into the Ghost Rider whilst he's trying to talk to Eva Mendes, so he's trying to hide the fact that he's on fire, and that's mm. bollocks. Yeah, there, there is that. There is that also that storyline of like second chance, meet me at eight, and they can't because they're you know do you know because <laughs> he's collecting souls for yeah, the devil. Yeah, and it's like oh, <laughs> I'm going to explain this. Stood up the person they won't understand. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, Ghost Rider has some redeeming qualities. The second one doesn't, but the so first awesome. one, the first one actually does. I just wish there was a bit more uh, jeopardy that Ghost Rider may be vulnerable at some point, but he never really comes across that way. Is it the second one where he literally turns like a digger into like a hell digger? Yeah, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. That looks cool. However, you just think that's a lot of time wasting. <laughs> just just chew him. Yeah, it works with the bike. But. Yeah. So the second one, it's, so what's really funny is I was watching this and it's almost as if they ran out of budget because it's set in like the arsehole of nowhere. There's barely any like sets or anything. It's, it's a dusty road, the same dusty road throughout. Nicholas Cage, the uh, Ghost Rider. Because Christopher Lambert was living in that cave at the time. <laughs> and like, we've got to do it around Christopher Lambert. So we like three weeks ago we did that Sean Bean episode and we posted online. Some guy had the audacity to be like, he's not Mr. Britain, it's Idris Elba. And then like, you look at Idris Elba, he's got a very bad, I love Idris Elba, but fuck you and your filmography. Yeah, I mean, he was in Cats. Mate, we should never, never let anyone forget that Idris Elba was in Cats. I can't wait for like Luther, like the movie to come out and on the back of the DVD it'll be like, Idris Elba in brackets, Cats. <laughs> Never, <laughs> hashtag never forget. Um, it's, it's a bad film. When you're watching it, it's almost as if they ran out of money because I, I was like, where is the money? The idea is that the villain now is the devil who's played by Kieran Hines who doesn't do anything. 
He's he's trying to steal the soul of a boy. Why? Mm. Get over it. Move on. It's because technically he's the son's father. So, the, the, I mean, going back, because I'm trying to find a, a way to connect these movies, but if we go back to Donald Logue was in Blade 1, <gasps> and Blade 1 had a good sequel. Yeah, it did. And Blade 2 had a bad sequel. So we're only talking about Blade 3, because you could argue that Blade 1 is the granddaddy. Blade 1 started them all. 98, Blade, man, yeah. Blade 1 did a lot of things as well. The hero didn't have a heart, didn't have a love interest at the end of the first one. Yeah, it's like, fuck that, man. Yeah, I've, I've like, got vampires to slay. You know, Blade bloody is 18. It's brutal. He's kick-ass. I remember watching Blade for the first time thinking, oh my God, vampires are fucking awesome. I yeah. can't wait to shoot them. It was amazing. It made everything look... It made Chris Christopherson relevant again. <laughs> And then they did that weird thing where he comes back in the second one, which I didn't understand, but never mind, move on. It's even got um, your man from Walking Dead in the second one. Yes, uh, it does. Uh, Norman Regis. And then it's got um, Del Toro's the director. Also, oh, it's also got Hellboy in the second one. It does, Ron Perlman, it Ron does. Perlman, and it, it's got yeah. cats from Red Dwarf. That is weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's dwarf. And it's got the guy from like the first Fast and Furious air, move on. Anyway. Second one was really good. A crack addict. However, we're talking about the third one because in the third one we're in the two thousands now. The superhero franchise was was well up and running. The genre was was being hit. What could Blade, the granddaddy, do of them all? It would give you Parker Posey, nice. Give you Ryan Reynolds, nice. Give you is it Jessica Biel, nice. Give you Triple H, mate. It gave you that guy whose name you don't remember from Prison Break. However, I'll tell you, it was Dominic Purcell. You've got not Wentworth Miller, not Wentworth Miller, and you've also got. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes had done two back-to-back. His career was on the uprise, mate. Everyone was loving Wesley Snipes. Blade was hot. Everyone was looking forward to Blade Trinity. Blade was going to take on Dracula. Wow, what a fucking disappointment that turned out to be in one of the worst comic book franchise endings I've ever seen. It does It does have that, that problem, doesn't it, of the third one has to go big. It has to go big. Yeah. And is he called Dracula in it? Because he's... It yeah, got him Drake, Drake. Yeah. But you because, much, because they wanted to 2000 Dracula, mate. You very, there was a Dracula 2000 movie that starred Joe Butler. Mate, there was a, there was a fucking Dracula 3000 which starred a Coolio. Mm, yeah, can't win them all. Everyone's got a death note. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got a Coolio. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good movie. I did I do remember going to the cinema to watch it and um, I, I was a big Ryan Reynolds fan because I watched Two Guys and Go on a Pizza Place growing up. So I kind of knew who he was. And even I was like, the man got buff, man. The, <laughs> the man-, man got buff. Apparently, uh, Wesley Snipes was an arsehole to work with on set. Yeah, I hear about yeah. this. Yeah, David S. Goyer who directed it, who, who went on to great things. Everything should be good about this film. Everything should. It's all in place. I'm still confused why Chris Christopherson's still in it, but it doesn't matter. They've got what they've done is they've also tried to PG up Blade. They've given him like a squad. And the cool thing about Blade was he didn't say anything. He was cool. He had his mm. little mustache and he'd go around and he'd slice people. And it went from like really dark blood gods and uh, you know Deacon Frost as you know killing you know. A law to this third one, which was just kind of like, oh, Dracula kind of turns himself into diamond or something. It's bollocks. It's shit. It was really bad. Triple H with his little fangs who loves like a little dog. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Parker Posey, who I absolutely adore, but she cannot stop picking shit films. Yeah, just, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Jessica Biel. Yeah. Big fan of Jessica Biel, to be fair. But she, she's kind of disappeared. Yeah. She, yeah, she, she Jessica didn't... Alba disease <laughs> just disappeared. She did that... Uh... It's called The Sinner, the TV series. She like did that. do Pretty that. graphic yeah. in that, actually. No, I remember that. I remember you telling me about it. And when watching it, it was like, it was not what the film's death, the TV series was not what I thought it was going to be. Mm. The mystery is not what you think it is. It's, uh, yeah, also just thinking back to it, you know, the uh, the whole Dracula with his metal arm shit. It was a metal arm, that's what it was. Whatever that is. It was is. just shit. 
it was really bad. It's sort of like you're the daywalker. It's it's like I imagined on paper it sounded so cool. It's like, oh my god, Blade's taken on all these people. You know, we had crack addicts. But it's such a tonal shift from like this dark 18 to like this vibrant PG. Like, oh, who shall we get in it? We'll have like comic relief. We'll have Ryan Reynolds getting tortured. The best scenes aren't the scenes with Wesley Snipes in them, which is mm. really weird. There's um oh, and Dracula can shapeshift. I remember that because he turns, he, 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 I think he kills a lot of people. It was just like a complete tone shift. It's not what I liked. The 2000s were not kind. My, like my Blade 98 or fighting crack addict vampires, which was some awesome writing in a fantastic, you Blade 1 and 2, mate, are top tier Marvel. But again, like when you think where it falls within the timeline of 2004, you know, Daredevil 2003, I mean, all right, so what you want about Blade it's leaps and bounds from Daredevil. Yeah. And you think Fantastic Four came out afterwards. Again, effects-wise, yeah. you know, Mr. Fantastic reaching under the doorframe oh. or wrapping himself around the thing to calm him down. Oh. Like, those scenes don't age well. Whereas Blade, I think, does to a degree. Yeah. No, I, I, I still think Blade holds up. It's got some very... It's got what I call Matrix Revolutions CGI problems. Mm. Because it was new. And we talked about this earlier in three. Someone has to be the first. It was the first. You do what? But the fight scenes aren't integral. They don't take me out completely. And it was quite good. The third one, though, is, is, is dog shit. There's very little redeeming quality. It's a very bad ending to a very oh, near-perfect trilogy. Like Spider-Man. Like X-Men. It's the third film, mate. They've, they all got over the curse of the second film because people argue Blade 2 is better than Blade 1. I, however, don't really... It's one of those conversations I think they're both great, couldn't give a toss. Yeah, yeah, they're both both good. I've one pips it for me, but they are both good. And But the third one, absolute horseshit. I, I still now cannot think of a third movie that tops, mm. top. you know, in, in terms of a trilogy. No. Well, maybe Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Maybe that'd be... Again, maybe. depending on what you want. Do you want, you know, the, yeah. the action adventure or do you want the action blockbuster adventure, you know? <sighs> I am the juggernaut, bitch. Mm. Mate. Oh, not the Avengers. Not the Avengers. Honourable mentions, Punisher. Right, so I love the Punisher. I love all versions of the Punisher. I don't know about you. I think they're all brilliant. I don't, I could argue that Tom Jane isn't really Punisher. Because his is a vengeance story. However, I actually think if he's not the Punisher, that's actually a pretty good film. You know, he, his family's killed after he... Well, it's any Charles Bronson film, isn't it, now? If yeah. you take out the Punisher <laughs> aspect. What I really liked about this is 24 was huge in 2004. And they mentioned that he's done some work for CTU, which is the counter agency that um, Jack Bauer works for. Mm. So in series five, there's a uh, CTU tactical agent called Frank Castle. I love shit like that when I worked, when I found out another reason to love it. I love John Travolta. I love Will Patton. I, I, do you know what? I think that's pretty good. 2008, they replace, it's completely a reboot. It's Ray Stevenson. It's Dominic West. I know, so you skip in Samantha Mathis, who was in Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really nice to see Wayne Knight in the movie as well. What they did here was, like, they dialed it up to fucking 29. They missed 11. They've gone over the top. In the first scene, he breaks into a mob boss and punches his face through someone's skull. And, mate, I remember in a certain episode one, this film came up in one of your, fa in your number one bad... It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's a great bad movie. Yeah. yeah. So Punisher, Tom Jane one is great. Doesn't age well. Ben Foster, who I love now, again, another actor that now is very much like acclaimed to kind yeah. of turns his nose up to some of his early career. Did play Spacker Dave in this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is. The movie, it also, the problem with the Punisher, the Tom Jane one, is it becomes, you know, the whole like, when you're watching it now and you've seen the John Berthner one, you've even seen the Ray Stevenson one. When you watch Tom Jane pissing about with a fire hydrant, yes. he's trying to convince... 
John he's trying to play, he's playing mind games yeah. it's like fuck Punisher would just go in there and own everyone yeah he was going and shoot them in the head yeah so he's, when you watch it you're like I do want to like it I do like you know the Kevin Nash like yeah, the, Russian, the Russian the different henchmen you know I like the dude who comes in and starts singing and then they have a fight on the bridge like I, there is a lot about that movie I do like uh, you know the, the Tom J one it has a very special place in my heart it's not a Punisher film it's though, not is a it? Punisher film and Tom Jane I mean the laundrette which it is a Punisher again with Ron Perlman, yeah. oh boy, um, that that is a that is a much better Tom Jane, and it's like seven minutes long. Like I would rather just go back and rewatch that. It's violent, it's it, but it is the Punisher, yeah. So and also John Travolta is Howard Sane. You know, there's a lot yeah. of it that you like. It's very cringy. John Travolta was on, certainly on the way down by now. Anything post Broken Arrow, he's on the way down. I mean, you could argue <laughs> <laughs> Broken Arrow. He peeked the face off, mate, and it was done. Yeah. Um, so, but the Ray Stevenson one is a guilty, real guilty pleasure. I, Violet is full. I like Dominic West. I'm probably not his jigsaw. Oh, I, I do. I absolutely love him as jigsaw, mate, because he's so over the top. It's like, it's like, how much do you want me to go over? I want you to be the dish and run away with the spoon and the cow because I want you to fucking jump that moon. I want, <laughs> I want you so far off your tits, mate. I want you with Nick Naughty fucking raining shit down from heaven up there with Gary Busey. I would say his performance this, mate, is top tier. What the fuck? It is. What I mean, are you on? He's fucking off his head before, uh, before he even turns into jigsaw. When he's like, with, with Billy the Butte. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even talking about the Dolph Lundgren version of the Punisher no. either, so we haven't got time for that. It's, you know, it's, but uh, Lex Alexander who directs it. Actually, to be fair, it is very good up until up. Uh, it, not no, it's not very good. It, it's enjoyable. There is a lot in it. That, like again, extreme sports parkour fucking brings its way into it to have some kind of social narrative in it. It's but like, I do like the fact of how they end that bazooka. Yeah, bazooka. <laughs> the fuck it. You know, you have you have the over the top um, kind of cop who's actually then the sidekick. My. Um, uh, what's it, Martin Soap? Yeah. Yeah, Wayne Knight's all right, isn't it? It's just, it's nice to see him as something that wasn't like fucking third rock from the sun. Doug Hutchinson, though, it's Looney Bin Jim. All his scenes oh, about applesauce. Yeah. He does like his applesauce. But I think Dominic West, next level, absolutely next level villain, because he was so far. What I really like about his Ray Stevenson isn't the focal point of this movie. He is what the Punisher should be, to show up at big events. Because we don't want to spend any time with the Punisher, because we don't, the Punisher should just go into and shoot people. So we should spend our time with the villains waiting for the Punisher to show up, which we kind of do. And they actually take on a, like, do you know what? I'm going to stick up for this film a lot. So he dealt with an issue, which I thought was brilliant. doesn't really get resolved in it. He, spoilers, I mean, fuck you. Um, he shoots an undercover cop. Mm. I think that's really daring. It's like, oh my God, the Punisher actually killed a good guy. So you see, you see him kind of dealing with that. And he deals with that by shooting more villains. <laughs> Yeah. But I think that was really, really daring. It doesn't go anywhere, which is a bit upsetting. But then you get to spend well, you, time with Julian ben, uh, Julie Benz, who's brilliant. Yeah, so. yeah. And it, it does do that a bit, doesn't it? And then the problem is, is then Ray Stevens is required to add an emotional, like, scene, and he doesn't pull it off. No. There's a scene, he's like, a good cop would have took you to the range, taught you how to shoot, pull the trigger, don't squeeze. And it's like, fuck off, you're not pulling this off. Like, Drop the cash and leave. Be the Punisher. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like. I, there is some bits in it. I like how he doesn't really like Micro, but it's like a necessary evil yeah. to work with him. Um, the end scene is fucking mental. Like if you get rid of the um, the recruitment scene when when uh, do you not like West, that? No, when he's going around and he's like, "It's your patriotic duty to kill the Punisher." I see quite like that. Cringe. But when he gets in the building, and starts taking names, that bit's really good. Get rid of the parkour, like stunt guys, and and we're on to a pretty good movie. Get rid of the neon lights as well, which are in every fucking scene. What? 
You want less neon? Less neon, especially what's, in the church. What's happened to There's Aaron? a lot of neon. Um, Aaron, blink once if you're in trouble. There's no way you'd ever say that. <laughs> Colin Salmon as well. Oh, Colin Salmon. How quickly does he die in the Because <laughs> that's his role. You mean he doesn't? No. What? No. <laughs> okay, but it's, Colin it's Dash Miok, or whatever his name is, Martin Soap, is like the bumbling, like, oh, do you want to go get a donut? It's like, <laughs> shut up. What are you doing in this movie? Uh, to add some comic relief, it's yeah. the Punisher for fuck's sake. Um, At least in the Dolph Lundgren one, you see his balls in the last scene. <laughs> And you do if you pause it just right. There's a bit of trivia for you. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I just, I I, I really, I'm really glad that we live in a, in a time when we have the John Birthman because like the Punisher probably is one of, um, certainly one of my favorites. The only comic books I ever got, I always say every time we do superheroes, which is becoming so frequently now. Yeah. I always say I never read the source material. I didn't grow up reading comic books. I, I have and do read the Punisher stuff. So, I am glad that I get a version where I'm like, that's my Punisher. That is fucking cool. That is wicked. Never going to make it in the MCU. It's never, you're never going to see him next to Spider-Man, unfortunately. You're not. However, I still think we missed the greatest. So, so, so I, do you know what? I'm actually going to talk about it now. So what time are we on, babe? What, in terms of recording? Yeah. Uh, we're an hour in. Hour five, hour six. Oh, that's good. So we can talk about it. So I've taken some storylines. From the from the, the cinematic MCU, and we've applied them to not the Avengers to see how they deal. So the first question: Which character would be the prime candidate for the super serum program? And this is out of anyone that we've talked about. So anyone far. that we've talked about so far. So I have gone. I've gone with the Punisher for this reason because the Punisher is the ultimate soldier. It's a different world that we live in. So in, we wanted hope in the Second World War. That's you know that was Steve Rogers. Now we want we want and. To be fair, the Netflix series of The Punisher does this so well. The Ultimate Warrior is someone like that. You know, will make the bad decision, which will basically stay down in the mud. Frank Castle evolved through John Bethanol so well. I, he is the ultimate Punisher. Like yeah. he will. I don't think he'll ever be top because he got every layer of it. I think in the first season he even says, or he might say it in Daredevil season two, he's like, "I miss it." You know, I missed. I, I'd rather be in the blood than at home, not living a life. So good. And I have always missed out. There's a film in there where he needs to get Captain America to the other side of the country. And it's the, it's like a road, it's like a buddy cop movie with the Punisher played by John Bethnal and Steve Rogers. That would work. And there is the, there is the uh, Russo brothers rumor, isn't there? That in uh, Winter Soldier, yeah. uh, Cap, yes. when Captain breaks into one of the compounds, a truck drives through the gates. And the big question was, well, who is driving the truck? Like who was helping Captain America? And they've always said, well, we haven't got the artistic license to use him, but in our minds, it would have been Frank Castle. Which I just think that would be, that, there's a story there. And I know you can't do it now because Chris Evans left, but that would be so cool. Maybe change it. Maybe be the Falcon. Mm. You know, who the next person takes over. They, you know, they believe in truth, justice in the American way, which I know is the Superman thing. But he has to do stuff that is against his code. But he's paired up with the Punisher. You know, he has to make the decision. And there's such a great moral dilemma. Punisher Series 2 does that so well. You know, he gets dragged back into life because deep down he likes it. So I, I picked the same. Yeah, you did. Like, I, I, I was going to go with Daredevil so that then it could justify actually why he can jump buildings. Yeah, what is that about? But <laughs> instead I went with the Punisher because, and actually we're eerily on the same path. Because in my perfect world, I wanted to see a Crossbones versus the Punisher um, obviously Crossbones played by Frank Grillo, oh, Frank Grillo who would make an awesome Punisher yeah he so would so actually the best thing is to make him a Punisher villain so I would have done it where at the end of Winter Soldier Crossbones and he takes the super serum so the Punisher does but the big twist at the end would be that the Punisher never took it 
Ooh. So that's why I would have done it. So all of the rage and all of the like, was all him. it was all him. It was all driven. The end of it would be him putting the, smashing the vial, showing that he never actually took it. Oh, mate. Right, yeah, right. Next I asked you, so we're going to Iron Man now. Uh, how would the character survive in the cage if they were take? Oh, sorry. How would the character survive if they were taken hostage by a terrorist group and forced to make weapons in a cage? So I've gone with Ang Lee's version of Hulk because he'd fucking bore him to death. Because <laughs> he's supposed to be quite smart, he would get out of it, but using science. So he would chemically, and you wouldn't get like a death machine, i.e., the Iron Man suit out of it afterwards. He'd use his smarts. There you go. So the Hulk. But however, I'm actually thinking Bruce Banner because in it he's ultimate. He use gamma radiation, mate. On that same path, this would probably be where I'd utilise uh, Reed, you know, Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah, that's, he was obviously going to be on the same. Yeah, man. because he would be the guy that creates, or well, Mr. Fantastic anyway, whatever carnation, um, would create the weapon in the cage, but he's actually got the smarts on the villains. Yeah. So the moment they let him out, it's like, actually, it was a decoy. I've actually created something that's going to actually kill you, or it's a tracking device. Or he would create the Iron Man suit, but where it just gets you the fuck out of there. <laughs> None of the killing. Yeah. Just, just, he, he would have invented the Iron Man suit from like Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> just skipped to all the other versions <laughs> and just got straight for the last one. Yeah. I'd so agree yeah, with that. So I, I probably go with that. That would also be a pretty epic movie as well. Like I quite like the idea of like, say a, a, a superhero that is just captured and being forced to work like, like Iron Man had in the beginning, but actually looked at it in more detail. Actually kind of developed that. That was the central theme. I've always, I've always really liked the idea of a superhero that can do anything but chooses not to. So he's just like, he just makes things that stop annoying him. So like they shoot him, but he's got a force field around him. So he's just villains trying to get me. He's like, oh, I'm just not today. Could you just leave me alone? It's kind of like Hancock, isn't it? If you think about yeah. that movie where it's like, he's just a shit superhero. He's not actually that very good, you know? So now I always say this correct. I always say this incorrect. So I apologize. Uh, who is worthy to wield Minor? Milnia. Milnia. The force hammer. So I've gone now, out of all of them, you must be pure of heart. You must be, you know, honest. And if if he hadn't ground up someone in the second Fantastic Four film on his stag do, I'm going with Ian Grufford's version of Mr. Fantastic because he is pure of heart. There's nothing, He's also very elastic. He, oh, he is very elastic. But what I like about it is he tries to pick it up and walks away. But because his arms are elastic, he doesn't realise he hasn't picked it up and his arms have just stretched. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was a really hard one afterwards. Um, and then I was thinking maybe Doug Jensen. <laughs> this is almost there. You should really get into the mythos there, mate. Why not? But, and then and then my third choice, Eva Mendes, because why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, on that theme, mine would have been Ghost Rider because there's nothing, would nothing, nothing, James, past, present or future in, in cinema history is more metal than Ghost Rider with a fucking hammer. That would actually be fucking awesome. Because it would be on fire. <laughs> It would be a fire hammer and you'd wrap, it wouldn't do what Ford does and I, and Captain America does where he can catch it and summon it. Chain. On the end of a oh, chain. That would actually be cool. And it would be like Terminator 2. You know when Terminator 2, the big mystery was how did he put the shotgun in the bike? Yeah. You know when he's driving and he just kind of like tucks it in and you're yeah. like, where is that? Where is he putting the hammer where he's driving? Ooh. Backpack. Mate. <laughs> sidecar. Sidecar. It would be Ghost Rider but with a little sidecar and in goes Milner. So here's the theory then. So we're recording, we're sat down, there's a table here. If we were to put the hammer on the table, we would not be able to, well, presumably we would not be able to lift the hammer. Could we lift the table though? Would that mean that the table is therefore worthy? The table would be worthy. Have you seen the wood? The craftsmanship? <laughs> um, yeah, go Ghost Rider, man. That would be fucking epic. Can you imagine that? If like the gods, like Odin was like, and Thor was like, look, you know, 
let's we got to see eye to eye on this one, man. You, you know, you're taking out devilish souls. Let's help. The, <laughs> the one thing that I just realised we didn't talk about is when we talk about Fantastic Four. I forgot to mention um, the 2015 one, and I'm all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> also, actually thinking about it. What's the thing about picking it up? That you're a worthy soul? Yeah, that you know you are. That's it, isn't it? Because you've got to be pure of heart and worthy of the power of Thor. Because mm. that's that's how he gets his powers. But that's because I suppose there's a loophole then. If 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 Johnny Johnny what's his name is um, Johnny Blaze. No, what's it? Uh, well, actually, yeah, has sold his soul. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of null and void in this situation. <laughs> Read the terms and conditions. Um, now, how right? So we're going to Ant Man here. How would they execute a plan to steal a chemical from a high security building? So with mine, um, I got really, I was, I'd written myself into like a proper hole here. So I went, um, daredevil, if it's in Hell's Kitchen, <laughs> because that, as established, he only knows everything in Hell's Kitchen. Purely it doesn't I, blend well with dangerous chemicals, James. I <laughs> <laughs> actually didn't think about that. Matt, he could come out there with even super more hearing because he could lose his hearing and he has the ultimate taste. <laughs> <laughs> just goes around looking villains. <laughs> I would taste my way to victory. <laughs> Mate, I'd, I'd fucking watch that. Well, imagine that. It's like Daredevil 2. There's like, fuck it. We've just, Disney's lost its mind. And they've gone, right, we're bringing Ben Affleck back. This time he's going to lose his hearing. He's going to go around and lick Colin Farrell. <laughs> and he's played play by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Oh, or also, which my other one, if it's not, be the Hulk because because they'd be quite funny because you'd be expecting that spin-off film and the Hulk. But I even got he smashes his way through. He steals the thing, he steals the things disguised, tougher and trench <laughs> With that, that's I went, I went the Hulk because it would be a lot of fun. It turned it into more like a like you say, like a kind of silent comedy, kind of slapsticky thing. Yeah, he'd get to it very easy because nothing would get in his way. And the destruction, the path of destruction on the way, it just jumped the building, whatever it is, the angry one. The comedy and the the fun bit would come in how he then has to get this sensitive chemical out of the building without Hulk smashing. <laughs> Actually, that's that would cool. be that would be worthwhile and watchable because you'd have that inner monologue of Hulk and Bruce Banner being like, "Don't fuck this up." <laughs> You know, you're turned to a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, right. So two of the characters have to go against each other. We're talking civil war here. What are they fighting about and what is the outcome? So I've got Ghost Rider versus Michael Chiklis' The Thing. Why? Have I, the reason they are fighting is because they're arguing who has fucked over the franchise they loved the most. Love yeah. <laughs> so um, obviously Ghost Rider, Nicolas Cage loved it. Michael Chiklis loved The Thing. Which one has destroyed it most? And it's a, no score draw. We're all losers. <laughs> Oh, see, I, see, I'm going to go, uh, what's it? Um, the Flame one, Johnny Flame. Yeah. Versus uh, Electra, because whoever uh, whoever loses, we win. <laughs> they really weren't good films. No. Um, moving on, mate. To the, I, I won't be surprised if we've got the same for this one. Who fights Thanos in the final battle? I've got Blade. Yeah. Because Blade's still, do you know what? Blade skirts by in the corners of one and two. It's fucking Blade, mate. And I d the listeners out there, 98 was a long time for some people. I cannot tell you how excited I was the first time I put in a VHS copy of Blade and 18 Wesley Snipes, bloody, over the top. And I that did... That club scene is it's awesome. It's what a great opening. What a great introduction to a character. Blood rains from the sky as a former porn star, Tracy Laws, is eating a bloke. And then everyone fucks... Everyone, like, panics and shits themselves up because Wesley Snipes is stood there. And let's be honest, a fucking kick-ass coat. Wearing, he looked the part. He mm. looked so good. 
changed comic book films. Mm. Everyone talks about, you know, all Deadpool. You know, Deadpool's very good, but but to me, my favourite R-rated or 18-rated is Blade. That that opening, like, 20 minutes, mate, was so cool. I've never wanted to call so much. So if someone's going to take on Thanos, I want my Wesley Snipes to do it. Yeah, I'm going the same, but it'd have to be one of them bad guy fight scenes where, you know, the bad guy kind of throws down the gauntlet, yeah. kind of like strips down to the waist and he's and he's like, I'll fight you on your terms kind of thing. Sword fight, that yeah. kind of thing. Imagine and if, that would be epic. Imagine if Blade then feasted on Thanos <gasps> and then the extra powers, Blade's the villain in, in Avengers Part 2, nailed it. Right, I've cheated on this one. Who becomes Spider-Man's mentor and shows him how to be an Avenger? Um, I've got I've got Johnny Flame because he's played by Chris Evans. <laughs> because if you can't have Iron Man, you might as well have Captain America before he's Captain America. I mean, on this one, I, 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 I'm running out of people that I can select, so I, I'm either going to have to go with the thing. <laughs> um, I do. What I think you're know right. If you're Michael Chiklis, though, you wanted to play this role. Comic book hero films are good at the time. How do you make it believable? You've got the script in front of you. You just go, oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Can you imagine Chiglis, like, first day of makeup, just walks out of the trailer and went, I fucking own this. <laughs> I own this. They're going to theatre school in all the years. I've done it now. They're going to be talking about this for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Chiglis. Um, Yeah, it's a hard one. I mean, who's going to mentor Spider-Man? I mean... <laughs> he's pretty impressionable anyway. Like, you've got to be honest. Yeah. He didn't know Tony Stark that long. And straight away, he's like, oh, yeah, best, 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 yeah. you know, kind of gave me a suit, you know. I said that's very controlling as well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's Invisible Woman. It's probably Invisible Woman because she'd be the most caring. And the most logical. <sighs> use science. He <laughs> did use science. Do you, know what? Do you know what? There's something that we shouldn't forget either. Sam Elliott was in two of these movies. <laughs> I, do, I do this all the time where I think, what? who's been in multiple... So like Michael Keaton, for example. Yeah. You know, Batman and Vulture. Yeah. You know, and, and we talked about Michael Clark Duncan earlier, you know, about kind of multiple roles. I do this quite a lot, like uh, even Ray Stevenson, Punisher, also one of the Merrier Men in four. He was. You know, so it's all about that kind of crossover. I do this quite a lot where I try and think, who's been in multiple incarnations or different, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, obviously. Yeah. That's probably the biggest shift. Yeah. Green Lantern to Deadpool. Twice as well. So you could argue he did it kind of three times because he played the shitty Deadpool and the good Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. And the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> I am the juggernaut. I still can't believe that. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So what do we know from this dark era of films? Well, we've learned that it's unforgivable. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the cast list it had it. The writing suffered. However, you must get through the bad to get to the good. And you would argue that, you know, they went on a hot streak then. And yes, there were some missed opportunities in the MCU. However, we learned things. The Punisher, we've got the version of the Punisher that we need now. So do they exist in the happy-go-lucky world of the MCU? No, I'm perfectly happy with, with my John Bethanol outside of that continuity. He can still live in the same world. He's never going to take on Thanos. He's going to take on drug dealers and the bad guy. The Fantastic Four. I think there is a home for them. It's huge comic books. It's a huge part of Marvel history. They're all the storylines they want to do are integral because pretty much all the big villains exist in exist to the Fantastic Four. Mm. Um, I find it hard to believe that Disney will never have a Victor Von Doom because he's such an iconic villain. We've been talking about how they don't really do villains that well. Victor Von Doom is one of the villains that's continuously been good in their comic books. They'll want to do it right. They'll get a great actor for it. They won't get the guy from Nip Hard to pull off. And you say that 
all I mean most comic books have that like double barrel name, yeah. don't they? But it's hard to pull off Victor Von Doom. It is hard. But without just doing it campy and unbelievable. That's pantomime. Well Toby Toby Kebble, I thought, give it a good shot in 2015. However, that film was dog shit. Yeah. I think you could if you got and it's, you wouldn't do it, but if you had someone like Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, you, pro, you yeah. maybe you would do it. Why not Joaquin Phoenix? That'd be a good shout. That'd be different. That'd be on the nose. Yeah, you know because obviously he did the Joker, but the Joker's more of a theatrical piece. You know he could quite clearly not be existing the DC world and it'd mm. still be an awesome film. I think the Fantastic Four's got troubles because it is it's got such a bad history on the big screen because there's also a 1994 version that they never released to, because. They wanted to keep the rights to the film franchise. So they mm. they made a film in like two weeks. You know, that sort of shit. So I do think Fantastic Four's coming. I think they have to think radically. Like I say, I think said in the 60s. Talk about, you know, what they can do. They've got great characters and you don't have to focus on their superhero powers. Mm. I think you could have some funny comedy with that. And you could, I, stretching is not a cool ability. I'm sorry. It's hard to gel them together, is it? All they're yeah. I know the second one did it where. They kind of transferred it because of something to do with a silver surfer. Yeah, it's, but it is, it is a, it's an odd bunch of powers to have together. And, and, you know, this is coming from the fact that Marvel have just done this with a ensemble cast where they all seem to work so well. But there is something about the Fantastic Four as a unit where you like the stretchy guy, the flame guy, the invisible person and the rock thing. All make a team. It, yeah. You know, it's a hard sell. It's because they're family. Mm. Um, Blade Trinity well we're talking about Blade we've got two great films in Blade 1 and 2 Blade Trinity's not great but who gives a toss how can you how can you be how can you be Wesley Snipes mate mm. Mahershala Ali mate I'm all over this can't wait to see Blade Daredevil we've seen it perfected we've seen it Charlie Cox again on the small screen deliver something great and, and, and Affleck's gone on to good he's a good yeah, Batman he was a good Batman and you know he, he nails it he's a great actor mm. he's, he's turned himself from a joke in this era to a pretty good actor now with a, with a very good directing history Electra uh, do you know what Electra should have been better because I've just realised Kari Hiro Kima and uh, Tagawawa he's uh the villain in Mortal Kombat and Terrence Stamper in it. Mm. What a great cast list that is. What a shit film. Terrence Stamp will sign his name to a lot of things though. Yeah, post 2000. Yes, man. <laughs> it seems still I great. I like in. that Yes Man scene though. When he, I like that. The convention scene that he's in, it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> when they're all naked afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, and Ghost Rider. We've, we've got a version of Ghost Rider in uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's the one I want most. I want a new Ghost Rider in the MCU film, theatrical, origin, so the only thing I can think that will have a problem with it is if you have Ghost Rider, you have to have the existence of some sort of afterlife. Yeah. And that's where things are, where an audience might, you might lose them. I'm only thinking of, because if you've got an afterlife, why can't you bring Iron Man back? Like stuff like that. Yeah, but you could nod to it. You no, could you, nod to Oh, no, you could. You know, I'm like not saying. said he doesn't want to come back. I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm absolutely all for it. Why not? But that, that is a, you know, Ghost Rider and Blade, you can see working well together anyway. Because oh, they, they, they would be like, you know, Blade would be like the, you know, I'm, I'm sending them, you keep them away. That can, they'd have that like relationship, that love-hate relationship, wouldn't they, where they have to work together, but they <laughs> disagree with each other. One of them's a skull, the other one's not. Yeah. <laughs> Play the, the original local for music. But it is, <laughs> it is, it is <laughs> you know, with, with the opening of the multiverse, you know, and you're going to have vampires and so, you know, like the idea of Morbius and, and like Spider-Man crossing over is a weird concept, isn't it? It is so weird. I still don't really understand how that's going to work. See, my problem is now that we've officially opened the multiverse, you can do a lot with it. However, my problem is, what, do you know what I did like about watching some of these films? Is that I only had to watch these films. Mm. You know, it was very nice seeing, you know, well, I've got to choose my words very carefully here. It was nice watching Fantastic Four 
and not having to worry about Spider-Man or asking the question if when shit's going up, well, where is everyone? Like, because the only problem when you've got Multiverse now, when something's kicking off, well, why isn't Doctor Strange here come and undone that? Because mm. he's got the time stone bullshit. Yeah, that, that, yeah. And now that it's like in the next one as well, I think it will start with Doctor Strange coming in and being like, now, thank you, but you need to uninvent time travel. Yeah. Because it's, you're not, you, you, you can't be trusted with it or it's too powerful yeah. or, if, or it's like the nuclear bomb. The second you get it, the villains will get it. And there has to be a reason where like it, that goes out because well, you, that's your get out free yeah. card every time. So that's, now. that's my genuine, my big problem with when you open up to multiverse, you, you now have to worry about there's so many other questions. So it was nice to go back to a time when we weren't thinking about four movies ahead. We were just thinking about how crap this film was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you know what? I had fun. Do you know what? It was, it was, we, we take the piss, but I agree 100% with you. If we didn't have these films, we want other films we have now. So they do actually need celebrating. Yeah. We celebrate them by officially not putting them in the Avengers. Yeah. They're yeah. not Avengers. That's our episode for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, share, comment, leave a review. It really does help. It takes literally minutes to do all that stuff. So, uh, but it really does help us out tremendously. Next week, um, here's the agenda. Ooh. You need to bring, and I need to bring to the table film trivia facts. Ooh. So I, don't, I was good. I was just about to say fifty, and I thought, oh shit, might might put myself in a hole there. We will, outside of this podcast, come up with a number. But next week, it will be top trumps of film facts. So I need you to find the most obscure, random... 25. But brilliant film facts. Okay. 25 sounds pretty good, doesn't 25, it? 25, and then maybe have five extra in case we've got duplicates. We can have some duplicates. I imagine there's going to be some duplicates, yeah. Mm. So don't go for the obvious. You know, don't go for the like the Mandela stuff that in Return of the Jedi, he doesn't actually say... Oh, sorry, in Empire, he doesn't actually say, I'm your father, you know, or whatever it is. Oh, mate, I'm going to hit you with something, something great. Let's go with some really good, like, I did not know that shit. And hopefully we'll have a nice little crossover next week. And also, just break it up, your other task is watch a movie that you would not otherwise have watched if it wasn't for the podcast. Okay. It's time to go, it's time to go on that shuffle. It's time to go on that website that randomly picks your Netflix film. Which yeah, I've, well, I'm just going to go something, something that I probably wouldn't normally watch. You know, just do that. Just, see, just do toes, James. Do toes. Okay. Bollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just see what it is. 50 film facts, and then I'll tell you how how many cells getting on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll see you later. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.